the consultation that was required by the constitution started quite late, 18 months after the referendum. And although there'd been quite a bit of planning for that process to make it as meaningful an engagement where parties could really listen to one another and be helped to get over problems by having an external moderator who would chair meetings, advise the parties and help them resolve differences, those arrangements were never put in place for a a variety of reasons. And instead, when the consultation started in May of 2012, 21, the parties simply went back to engaging in much the same way as they do in the joint supervisory body, which is the joint body that oversees the overall implementation of the peace agreement. That body's been meeting once or twice, sometimes three times a year since 2005, when the autonomous government was established. By using that process, they've denied themselves, I think, the opportunity to really hear from one another what their concerns are, what their goals are, and exploring various ways that might be used that would take account of the the goals and the concerns of both governments. The Bougainville government went into the the process pretty confident that PNG was going to be amenable to their demand for early independence, but just because the 97.7% majority was so overwhelming in a democratic sense. And they were quite surprised when only after the second meeting in July of 2021, PNG uh, made it clear that they were not really agreeing. And at that point, Bougainville cut off the consultation process in the third meeting and said, we'd just sort out what happens when the results of the, the referendum go to Parliament. But without anything agreed between them, it means the results are going to Parliament, possibly late this year, possibly in the first half of next year, to a a yes or no vote because there's no alternative approaches that take account of the concerns of the governments on the table. And it's most likely that there'll be a pretty strong no vote if it goes straight to Parliament. Rather than have, have the issues just decided very quickly on a yes or no vote, it would be preferable to go back and resume the consultation that ended in December 21. Taking a different approach completely. Though. Yes, a different approach with a moderator, which is uh, was agreed. It was agreed that the former Irish Prime Minister, Bertie Ahern, who chaired the referendum commission, would be the moderator, but he never got involved. And so they've gone through the process without help from an independent person who can help them to resolve differences. So it would be going in with a moderator, and the governments are talking about that at the moment, the possibility of getting in a moderator again, a different moderator, and it would need much more creative engagement between the two sides, listening to one another and working out what's possible. So if there's this return to more negotiations or more consultations, and an independent moderator has brought in, you'd essentially see the process as starting again, would you? A lot's been done already. It's not wasted. The Bougainville position of independence and full membership of the UN is on the table. A current timetable for ending the whole process is on the table, but may not be realistic when the options for going forward are examined. PNG has put on the table uh, its major concerns about the Bougainville demand. It's never opposed explicitly the Bougainville position in the negotiations, in the consultations. 
but it has expressed its concerns. So there's a, a lot done that would be the starting point for a, a more serious engagement about where to go now. One of the big concerns is just how Bougainville would get by because it essentially has no economy, does it? And there's still three and a half years after that referendum, there is still no dramatic economic development there. Yes. The big issue is the limited economic development is generating limited revenue for government. And so at the moment, the Bougainville government's budget is funded only about 20% by revenue generated in Bougainville. And if they were to become independent, the estimate by Satish Chand, a Fijian economist who works here in Canberra, he believes Bougainville as independent would need a two to three times larger budget than the present one. So of course that 20% contribution to the current budget would drop to 6 or 7%. Uh, so it's very difficult to see Bougainville sustaining its ability to deliver government services if it was, for example, to just mount a declaration of independence unilaterally. And if PNG were to reject that and cut off its funding, Bougainville would be in deep trouble financially. And that, of course, would be a recipe for a lot of stress and potential conflict inside Bougainville. The other possible serious problem would be the, the need to generate revenue, seeing Bougainville make precipitate decisions to try and reopen the Panguna mine and open other possible mines as quickly as possible and perhaps with upfront payments. And in the process, it could be under pressure to make poor choices of development partners and could also be under pressure to make agreements that would not be very fair and equitable. And of course, we all know what happened in 1988 when a, an unfair and unequitable revenue distribution from the Panguna mine was a significant factor in the violent conflict there. So Bougainville could be forced into making very difficult choices that could have long-term implications. So these are concerns, I think, for the whole region, because an unstable Bougainville with these kinds of pressures would be a problem for the region. Now, I think you've suggested that for these renewed consultations to, to work and with a moderator brought in, there also has to be a, a lot more international involvement. New Zealand and Australia were strongly involved back at the time of the, the settlement of the conflict, but they've been very hands-off in recent times. You'd like to see a lot more of that and beyond Australia and New Zealand, I think. Yes, I think there's a there's room for, for support of the process in all sorts of ways. The changed geostrategic position of uh, the Pacific raises issues because there's pressure on the governments in the region to build closer relationships with Papua New Guinea. And that could send signals to Bougainville that they're not being listened to by the international community. So it would be good on that ground alone for the international community to be more involved. In 2000, Australia changed its policy in Bougainville from one of saying Bougainville was an internal matter for Papua New Guinea to instead being a policy of it would accept whatever the parties, Papua New Guinea and Bougainville, agreed. 
that position by Australia needs to be, I think, more clearly stated as the continuing position. And one of the things Australia did in the negotiation of the peace agreement, which took really four years, was supply, along with New Zealand, a regional peacekeeping mission. Both countries held critical meetings. The first ones, the first three, were in New Zealand. A couple of earlier ones and some later ones were in Australia. They provided uh, key advisors to both governments. So there was a very even-handed approach. And there may be some of the things that happened then or some new things if the governments were to ask for them, that the governments in, in the region, Australia, New Zealand, even America now getting much more involved, could offer. 